What's up, fancy people? It's your boy Isaiah Smallman. We're getting spooky this week again, guys. It's not Halloween anymore, but it might as well still be Halloween. We love Halloween. We're still talking about Halloween. We're talking about scary stuff. I've got a proposal for John. It's a real hoot. I guess we'll do it that way. It's presented by Mama Bear Studios. Mama Bear's mission is to create entertaining works of art that explore our humanity. Okay, here's episode 23. feels like it was just minutes ago we talked. I know. Isn't that weird how that works? Time flies. So, John, we didn't catch up about Halloween last oh, time. Oh, baby. Did you, did you have any Halloween plans? Did you do anything? What did your kids go as? Oh, I mean, I got to know everything. I got to know it all. Oh, well, 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 we took the kids out. For sure. All the, all the neighborhood fams came down. All right, I'm going to guess what they dressed up as. Yeah. Uh, a ninja and a pumpkin close mm-hmm. they were okay. harry potter and harry potter oh so i wasn't actually close not not that close they were actually harry potter and i think ron weasley mm. but there was some debate about that as you can imagine oh i i can yeah so they went as harry and ron and my bride went as um one of the teachers trelawney oh i can see that because she's got like curly hair yeah that's uh-huh. great yeah yeah and I went as, um, you know, Neville Longbottom in the books. Love Neville. Yeah. <clears throat> I went as Neville Longbottom's muggle cousin, Derek, <laughs> which really just meant I, he doesn't appear in the books, you know, but um, <laughs> I went as him, which basically just meant I wore like a sweater and a rabbit fur hat. His muggle cousin who happens to live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh-huh, yeah, he's not in the books, but he's an important character. I told <laughs> this little girl walked right up and was like, you're Harry, you're Ron, you're Professor Trelawney. And she looked at me and like kind of shrugged. She nailed it. You know, she like nailed everybody's uh, costume. Yep. And then I told her my joke that I'm Neville's muggle cousin, Derek, and she did not like it. She's probably a purist. She was wearing a princess costume. Mm. She was giving me all kinds of sass. <laughs> wow. Sassy sass. But we walked um, down the street to this like little wealthy enclave, ooh. you know, that they got like the streets blocked off, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing usually. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The kind of place, the kind of place I, I live right next to. It. I live on Missionary Ridge, but there's okay. like a little special neighborhood that's its own city, you know, right mm-hmm. by where I am. That's cool. And it's like, it's on Missionary Ridge. So on the neighborhood email list, you always get emails about suspicious people, which really means like people that look like me and a little bit darker. And, but today, mm. you know, Halloween, on Halloween, not today, but the day of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Everybody from around the area drives to this little enclave. Oh. So, so there are hundreds of people. That's so fun. Who are not from that neighborhood that come up to that neighborhood. And it's it's totally cool. Like everybody's wearing costumes. All the people are out in front of their like fancy houses. They've set up tables. Mm. And so there's no knocking on doors usually. It's just you walk up like to the front of the house, but they've got a table set up, mm. you know, and they're like, here's some like full size candy bars, like wow. take 15. They spent 
hundreds and hundreds of dollars on candy. I love it. And that's how that's what the vibe was. It was like right. it was pretty fun, dude. That's great. Yeah, that's mm. I was so I saw the movie Halloween on Halloween. Which oh, was a fun really? way to Yeah, mm. it was fun. It was a fun way to spend my Halloween afternoon. Was Halloween good? I liked it a lot actually. It's um you know, I'm learning something. Well, all right, there's a larger conversation here. Uh-oh. No, 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 in a good way. In a good way. But I want to I John, I um you told me a Halloween joke once I want to I want I, I I think it's very funny so I think you should tell it. What's that? Oh, you told me a Halloween oh, joke. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, it's uh your Halloween uh, joke. How many Halloween jokes do you have? <laughs> I've got three or four. I've okay, got well, kids, the one so. that I'm thinking of. You mean the blue one? Mhm. It's uh why why can't uh ghosts have kids? I don't know. Because they have Halloweenies. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one though i think it's pretty good all the other ones the punchline to all the like kid kid jokes that i know mm. end in like ghoul friend mm. mm-hmm. because she was his ghoul friend <laughs> that's the punchline to like 45 jokes it's probably not even funny once although i'm know. laughing right now yeah. um I thought Halloween. All right, so I thought Halloween was quite good. Um, it, it, it has plenty of issues. There's something about the. Well, okay, let's back up. I, you know, I didn't used to like scary movies, mm-hmm. and I wonder. I this is my theory, John. It's because when I was kind of coming of age into adolescence, which I feel like is when most people either fall in love with scary movies or completely miss the boat, right? Yeah. The the scary movies that were sweeping the nation at that point were primarily torture porn like Saw mm-hmm. yeah, or found footage terror movies like um, like uh, Blair Witch Project or Ooh. Paranormal Activity, that kind of stuff, oh, which yeah. people like those, but that's not really my, my thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I saw Halloween. I actually haven't seen the original Halloween, which is incredibly embarrassing to admit because it's kind of a classic some people think it's great i know you think it's it turns out this entire podcast is us explaining what movies we haven't seen which is most of them (laughs) and and rendering a verdict on them at the same time we haven't seen this but it's not great i've (laughs) i've heard that john carpenter's halloween is a classic Uh i don't know that for sure but I have seen, seen the spiritual sequel, Halloween, with Jamie uh-huh. Lee Curtis. It's very fun. It's She's the, wait, 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 wait. She's in it? Yeah, dude. It's 40 years later. It's picking up the story after the fact. Oh, and she's like, I actually did hear about this. She's like preparing yes. for battle. Yes. It's um. It has some great, great moments. Here's where I was going with that, though, John. I think I realized kind of for the first time because I've seen a lot of scary movies recently and I've enjoyed them like Hereditary mm. I thought yeah. was a blast um, Get Out was an absolute blast there's a lot of movies I've seen lately that I really enjoy but this was one of the first horror movies that I've seen recently where I thought I think I kind of want to make a scary movie at some point um, oh yeah you know what I mean? Like I, it, it, and I think it's partly because I really like camp, you know, and I really like the 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 sort of corny expressiveness of certain types of horror, which you don't find as much in the found footage thing. You don't find it as much in torture porn. 
you find it in sort of the movies that people like John Carpenter pioneered where they're like, it's a real cinematic language. I mean, it's a real, it's really great visual storytelling because you joked about this previously, but you've got a character like Michael Myers who literally doesn't speak. Mm. You've got to figure out amazing visual ways to make him a scary villain. And they do it, you know? So, I don't know. It, it just got me, it, it got me kind of excited. When I was a kid, when I, you know, a kid, whatever, teen, early teens, me mm-hmm. and my, my friend can, uh, we're at his house in Jersey and, you know, we're, it's after school, so it's like four o'clock. We somehow convince his mom to let us go see the re-release of The Exorcist. Ooh. And so he and I go I, to How old are you at this point? 14, you said? Yeah, we were definitely not old enough to yeah, get Yeah, that might be there, a little but, young. But somehow we got in. Mm-hmm. No problem. So we're sitting in the audience. The theater is completely empty because it's mm-hmm. like 4 o'clock on like a Thursday in New Jersey, you mm-hmm. know. But actually in front of us was an entire row of nuns, if Whoa. you can believe it. Nuns. I want to watch The Exorcist with a row of nuns. Yeah, there was like six nuns sitting like two rows in front of us. And if my recollection is right, the we were the only people in the theater. It was the nuns and us and maybe like wow. one or two other people in the back. And that movie, I had never seen it. I didn't know anything about it. And uh, we saw it, and it was shock. I mean, it was it's totally horrifying. shocking. Yeah, and there's some, like, seriously line-crossing scenes mm-hmm. in that, you know, towards, like, blasphemy. Mm-hmm. In a in a way that I have never seen in a movie since, really, where it, yeah. it's, it's actually real enough to be powerful. You know, like, yep. you have all kinds of, like, <clears throat> blasphemous ideas in movies, sure. but... Uh, this like really hits at the at Catholicism hard. Yep, and uh, it was like traumatizing. Man, that movie is intense. It's and not candy. <laughs> it's no. See, that's the thing. I've seen The Exorcist. Believe it or not, and I like it. I think it's a. I think it's a good movie. I have seen it once. I don't know that mm. I'll watch it again necessarily. Although I might go back to it at some point. But yeah, that's the kind of movie I watch that. And I'm like, I respect it. It's excellent filmmaking. Not my thing. You know, yeah, I mean, and to be clear, there is a scene where a how old is a girl? Ten year old girl, twelve yep. maybe. Yep, twelve year old girl. I'm curious how you're going to describe this. Is in a bed with her legs spread, insert inserting a cross into herself. It's a lot. It isn't. It is intense. Yeah, I mean, there's like intense, intense psychological stuff in that movie, and of course, there's great visual visual effects. Mm-hmm. And that, I, I mean, they think... wrecked those people physically, apparently. Like, the young girl mm-hmm. and the mom, when she gets, like, pulled across the room, apparently they completely screwed her back up for oh, the rest I of her life. That. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, that's not worth it for a movie. I don't know. It's a pretty powerful movie. <clears throat> yeah, but that's her life, you know? <laughs> One life, powerful movie affecting Here, here's millions why, of people. Though, here's why that's not worth it, because they should have figured out a way to do it that didn't hurt her back. Yeah, 100%. But, dude, the technology, were they filming on, like, a tin can back then? (laughs) It was, like, 1970. It's not that long ago. (laughs) Have you ever seen the clip of Quentin Tarantino talking to What's-Her-Face when they were filming Kill Bill? In the car? Yeah, have you seen that? Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it sounds like what I just said. Like, (laughs) one life for a movie. Yeah, Quentin Quentin Tarantino's not a great guy, I don't think. You know, apparently he's a, a great guy. Apparently has a foot fetish. And mm. if you watch the movies, any of them, apparently, like, 
with that in mind, you're like, oh, he really mm-hmm. does. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he does talk about in Pulp Fiction how, uh, you know, they debate whether a foot massage is the same thing as uh, oral sex. Right. Which right. to him, perhaps it is. Um, yeah, no, I know some people that have worked with him, and he's not a good guy. He's a bad dude, unfortunately. He's just mean <laughs> and, like, just to your point, like, he just kind of doesn't give a shit about anyone but himself and everything is in service of the movie to, to a great, to, to, to a fault. Um, You know, they say in business, there's like, it's kind of popularly theorized that a certain percentage of high power business people are psychos, mm -hmm. like actual psychopaths, you know, you'd almost have to be to get into certain situations. Yeah. And you, you, you're going to operate really effectively, like in this climate, you know, like, Oh, absolutely. Sharks and minnows type capitalism, like you're going to thrive if Mm -hmm. you're, if you have no conscience and you don't feel remorse, you know? Yep. I don't know if it's true or not, but people say that. I wonder if it's the same thing, like in almost any field, that psychos are going to rise to the top because they just have the drive. They don't care who gets destroyed in the process. I think some of them will. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think it's probably pretty rare to be a true psychopath, but I think people who just have, a degraded conscience have have somewhat of an advantage for sure. I mean, Trump is an example of that. Um, he's just playing the lowest common, you know, whatever. We don't have to get into politics. John. This guy, the guy who made the te- a test to yeah. determine psychopathy, uh, he, he used himself as a, like a case study. And it turns out the guy who invented the test, turns out he was had uh, psychopathy himself or really? was like sc- scored like really high on the uh, on, on his own like test spectrum i wonder if that's part of the reason he was able to understand what makes someone who's who has that condition the way they are right um john this is actually it's funny i didn't think of planning it this way but this is a perfect lead-in to a a, a conversation i want to have uh-oh I know. I have rigged your basement with gas <laughs> in five well, you minutes. You wouldn't have to no, no, rig no, no, no. it. John, you just you... have to move some boxes around. Gas would definitely start coming out of some well, of these pipes. But here's the thing. I've rigged it. You look down at your ankle. Uh-oh. Do you see the chains? Oh, no. There's a key that I hid mm-hmm. in your sandwich this morning, your breakfast sandwich. Oh, no. right? There's a knife. <gasps> taped to the bottom of your mic stand. Oh, no. You have five minutes. Decide uh, what to do. Uh, We're going to record if, this whole thing on air. It's going now, John. I'm watching the clock. <laughs> you got four minutes and 50 seconds. If I if that actually happened to me... Oh, it is actually happening, John. I would break this flimsy wooden table, and I would walk out of here. There's a sniper standing outside. The only no, way to get isn't? out... Yeah, John, there absolutely oh, oh. is. You know that big tree behind your house? He's up uh-huh. at the top of it. You can't get out uh, of it this easily, John. Okay, I can't I get know out. what I'm I doing. I can't get out. I can't get out. Okay, so you you're got telling four me minutes. I got to open my stomach. I got to open you my gotta stomach. You got to cut up? yourself open. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Okay, well, then you're going to die of poison. Isn't it? Okay, take. take it's nerve take gas, this. John. It's not going to feel good. Me, you're it's asking me. You're asking me to choose between opening my stomach, eviscerating myself, and definitely dying, a painful, horrifying death, or well, just John, there's that also, door and get shot in the head. No, but there's also a surgeon outside, uh-huh. and he oh. can sew you back up. So you won't die. 
I'll just have to have a colostomy. You bag. can see why I would never write a movie like this. I'm not good at coming up with these things. Isn't that the exact premise of Saw? I, I saw think the it movie is Saw. Actually, yeah, no, I've seen it too. I <laughs> hated it. That's exactly it. I hated it. No, it's a terrible movie. It's not even good. It's not good at all. It's the shitty version of Seven is basically what Saw is. Mm. You know? Uh, Seven's a great movie. Seven is Speaking good. of the head in the box. Yeah, head in the box. Um, yeah, wow. Callback. Callback. Man, John, we've been doing this a while. Um Okay, John. No, the, the the real conversation I want to have is it it does not involve you dying yet. Oh, thank goodness. Um, so I, John, I'm watching Halloween. I'm sitting there yeah. thinking, you know, I got to think about. There, there's a lot of layers to this, okay? But I'm mm-hmm. so so feel free to interrupt. But I'm sitting yeah. there thinking, this would be really fun. Like I like the I like I love rollers. I love the idea of making a movie that's relatively kind of grounded in reality. And I love that that these characters are very real, and and it's kind of fits into realism for the most part. Although there are some moments of kind of surrealism, but I just feel like my next project, it would be really hard to take a big, big step up in terms of the things I get to try. You know, the toys I get to play with. Um, like we were talking about last episode with like having a bigger crew, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think I have debated whether or not rollers is the right movie to take that step on. But I think as we discussed, even if I make rollers at a larger budget, it's still going to be the same movie. It will just be made slightly differently with more resources, which I'm not going to do that. But my point is if I wanted to make a bigger movie, there's part of me that thinks I should start thinking about whether there's a way to fit ideas that I have that I'm excited about to 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 blend those with genre elements that will make the movie more marketable and therefore more feasible to get financing for at a higher budget. Does that make sense? I feel You're like I'm not making you, any sense. Well, I feel I, like let me let me recap. If I make a genre yeah. movie next as my second okay. movie, mm-hmm. I feel like I could take a bigger step up, both because it would force me to learn completely new tools as a director, and it's also just easier to get genre movies made than it is to get dramedies made. And I love genre movies now because I finally, while watching Halloween, which again <laughs> is an incredibly flawed movie, but while watching that, while watching The Visit while watching a handful of other uh, sort of more campy horror movies, I realized, you know what? Horror and comedy, not when you're making Paranormal Activity or Saw, but like there is a type of horror that is sort of a close cousin to comedy. Sure. And I, I realized that maybe I would actually really enjoy that process and it might actually open some doors for me to make a bigger movie. Yeah, I mean... I love it. You, you know, do? What do you think, though? I mean, well, because I, I mean, have I'm, another. I have an. I have a point. I have a second part to this, but I'm curious, kind of, how that strikes you. Well, you know, I'm sitting in my creepy basement, and um, I'm telling you, man, like renovating houses. Yep. Doing that process and like moving in, especially when you have an old house. Like this house that I'm in is about a hundred years old. Yeah. You know, maybe 110 somewhere around there, and there's been. Families, multiple families, families have yeah. lived in this place. They've raised kids here. Mm. 
They've sent kids off to war, possibly. They've married people. They've had fights in here. People have gotten beat up in here. Mm. People have gotten divorced here. Mm. I mean, there is so much stuff going on. Yeah, because even if it's 110 years old, even if every family lived there for 30 years, that's still three or four families. And 30 years is a long time. You know, it's a lot of things. That's a lot of like a kid 70 years ago in here went home, you know, went into her room that my kids sleep in and Mm. she cried herself to sleep in there, you know? Yeah. And some, you know, some boy found out that he didn't get into the college he wanted to 25 Mm. years ago and like went upstairs into his room and got drunk. I mean, there's tons of shit happening in here. And dude, when you start peeling back the layers of a house uh, like I'm doing or like people do, you discover secrets about people, the people that mm. lived here and you develop a picture of the people that used to live here. And it's really like kind of creepy in a way and mm. really fascinating. It's like definitely there have been movies about made about this, but um, every time I'm down here and I like come across some weird curio from the people that lived mm. here. You know, maybe it was like 50 years ago and mm-hmm. some like two or three families before in some cases. Um, it strikes me that there's like a script that needs to be written in there. Mm, I like it. John, all right. So speaking of writing a script then, I think that you and I should collaborate on a scary movie. Oh, baby. I think we should write a scary movie together. And I'm curious what you think about that. I'm not necessarily assuming that you would want to sort of write the actual screenplay necessarily, although I think you could with me. But I think we could even just start with a couple, you know, just start talking about ideas and like kind of try to break break a story. But I'm curious what you think. I just think it could be really fun. Absolutely. I mean – I think, um, you know, I, I haven't ever written anything like that mm-hmm. before, but, you know, you don't know anything until you do it, so let's do it. Okay. That was easy. That was easier you got than any I expected. Idea- you got any ideas rattle around in there? I just I gave gotta, you one. I like the one that you did. I I feel like, though, okay, I got a couple. I'll run them by you. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. So I'm sitting back. I'm sitting idea back to number take this one. In. No, 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 but I need you to, I need you to, I need you to push. Too, so don't like sit back too hard. Inch, I'm, I'm half an inch sitting back. <laughs> okay, all right, perfect. Uh, let's make it a quarter of an inch. So, okay, idea number one. Okay, so we're moving last week. I'm in a new house. I'm in a new house now. Ooh, Speaking of peeling back really? the layers, yeah, I'm in a new house. It's about the same age as the house that you were just describing, and I'm Ooh. having all the same thoughts. I'm like, who the crap was living in Los Angeles in Alhambra? In 1912, hmm. who was living out here? Yeah, that was a that was like America wasn't that big in 1912. Wow, you do that's some like risk takers, you who know? Who the heck was already living out here? Because this Seriously, isn't even like downtown. Like this is like a suburb. I re- I just have this vibe of California that is it it's a ton of crazy people mm-hmm. because it's it's people that took extreme risks originally yeah. to get there or came there under duress like a lot of the Asian population yeah. was brought in originally to work on the railroads yeah, like basically going way slaves. back but dude that's one that I that's one thing I actually really love about Los Angeles is there yeah. are these indigenous populations 
mm-hmm. that have been here. You know, there's a huge percentage of Asian people yeah. whose roots go back to the mid 1800s, whereas mine only go back to like the early 1900s. I mean, when right. this house is built, I don't even think any of my ancestors were in America yet, or if they had, yeah. if they were, they were barely here. Totally, my which is crazy because there's all these Asian people who have like 150 years of history here. Yeah, John. Speaking of scary things, speaking of scary movies, I want to. I, I I've got two two early stage ideas that I want to talk to you about about possibly collaborating on. All right. So we just moved, and mm. every time I walked into the back of the moving truck, yeah. and everyone else who helped me move noticed exactly the same thing without me saying it. You just get blasted with this dank, sticky weed bud smell like fresh <laughs> seriously fresh dank cali gold yeah okay. and i don't know what it was we never figured it out but it gave me the idea for a they're ghost. moving weed in those trucks for sure i mean that's actually that makes a lot of sense actually yeah of course taking it over into like where where would you take it i don't know but Texas? i mean if it stinks like that there's no way they're gonna get a get through the customs but yeah you're right no that oh shoot dude that makes so much sense mm-hmm. it was stinky like it yeah, was real dank anyway i got the idea for <laughs> i don't think this is the idea john i'm just starting starting <laughs> oh you're gonna start smuggling cannabis from no no no, no california no no. no 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 it's about a guy who moves into a new house okay and the house is haunted but it's haunted he finds out that it's haunted because he keeps accidentally getting high and he Mm. can't figure out how and it's haunted by stoner ghost and (laughs) give me a break and stoner ghost died in some humiliating way like heating up some nachos or something and his but stoner ghost died very recently and he's haunting the house but the guy the guy who the guy who lives there and stoner ghost become friends Mm-hmm. And it becomes like a buddy comedy haunted house horror movie. Oh my gosh, I'm out. I am out of this one. <laughs> Boo, man. This sounds like okay. a Cheech and Chong. You ever see Cheech and Chong? It's kind of Cheech and Chong y. That's why I don't think it's the idea. I don't oh think it's my the one. goodness. Uh, I've got to admit, though, Stoner Ghost is pretty good. It's funny. I'm smiling. I'm laughing, thinking about Stoner Ghost. I think there's a ton of gags, but this sounds like a SNL skit more. Yeah, than no, a, I know um, it doesn't sound like. I got to figure out what the real hook is because there's got to you know be like a real you movie. You could there. should do though. I mean, you don't even have to do a full movie. I watched the other day on YouTube. The, the other day it could be like five years ago, but the they have these like horror movie competitions or whatever. They're mm. short films. Some of these were like a minute long, and they were good. They were mm. really good. Good premises. Mm-hmm. Well executed where'd you see those on just like on a youtube channel called like uh like horror contest or some crap like that and they were like high quality i mean they were not kids it wasn't like that's cool amateurs yeah they were very good i'll find them and we can put a link to them but yeah that um, sounds i remember some of them vividly like there was Mm -hmm. one guy who made about a dozen of these minute to five minute horror shorts Mm. and they're very very good Um, i wonder what he's up to He's just cranking out horror movies, probably. I now. wonder if I uh, wonder if I should just go buy one of them and. Turn well, that's it into the a thing is like you can make a quick, like horror short. I'm It'd doing one actually soon. Yeah, we're. Um, oh really? I'm actually in the process of producing a horror short right now, uh, for this really talented director named Dave Farino. Um, yeah, I'll talk more about it 
sometime later, but basically, yeah, we're going to produce his, his short and then hopefully turn it into a feature at some point. What's the um, budget on a horror short? Small. Uh, yeah. I don't want to get into super specific numbers, but very small. Yeah, yeah. Super okay. small. Um, I mean, it depends on what the short is. This one has some cool VFX that we've got to figure out. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, usually tiny. Um, Dude, I'm going to just start making short videos with my two sons in my basement that will scare the freaking crap out of you. I, you had me at basement. Okay, John, <laughs> here's um, here's idea number two. Uh-huh. Okay, this is idea number two. This one okay. is more – I think this one has more legs, okay? Yeah. The, the, the high-level pitch. Anyone who's listening to this, I'm letting you in on some secrets now, so don't go stealing my ideas. Don't not steal. That I, think, I don't think anyone listening to this is about to do that, but don't, don't go steal my ideas. I'll come after you. I got it on Uh-oh. the record now. I'm going to come after your ass. I'm going to haunt you. I'm going to haunt you if you steal these <laughs> ideas. Stoner ghost. I'm going to stoner ghost the shit out of you if you steal these ideas. So the idea with stoner ghost is that he keeps – stoner ghost keeps getting him high. And he and it's like that's part of the problem is that he doesn't he 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 like has to go to job he's trying to get his life together you know mm-hmm. and Stoner Ghost is is not helping you know Stoner mm-hmm. Ghost is is making it more difficult anyway he starts he Stoner Ghost brings back some some really dank stuff from the underworld and it turns out there's like this <laughs> villain who's also haunting him and it becomes this kind of battle for you know battle for survival anyway the other idea John. Mm. It what's is, what's the wait 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 what's the bad guy's name is it Beelzenug? I haven't <laughs> Beelzenug. Oh! <laughs> I love it, John. You I'm know getting a writing credit on this. Oh, I love it, for John. I want to give you a writing credit on a movie. That's what I'm saying. I want to do that. Beelzenug, baby. You know what? You know what this movie is called, John? What? High Spirits. Oh, that's pretty hey. good, right? pretty good credit to that, grant withington for coming up with that one. Oh, grant yeah with the one two punch baby yeah. high, uh, spirits high spirits that's a great good name isn't it all right that's so high spirits good. i don't know i'm giggling i'm i'm into I it i think I it's funny i gotta find the actual plot hook but i think mm. i've got the characters you know what i mean you're gonna have a scene where like he's been in front of the judge and she's like you mean to tell me mr baker that a ghost made you fail this drug test <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, John, idea number two. This is the one I'm serious about. And again, okay. all you all you listeners out there, Teddy Bronson's got my back too. If if Teddy hears about if Teddy Teddy mm. hears about you stealing, you bet you better watch out. Teddy gets serious about these things. Teddy's a Teddy's a bit of a bulldog when he needs to be. He takes property rights seriously. Oh yeah. Intellectual property, baby. Okay. John, here's the second idea. Mm. Um, have you seen the movie What About Bob? Oh yeah. Okay. Great movie. It's one of my favorites. Um, What About Bob? But Bob is a serial killer, a dormant serial killer. Hmm. And we open the movie with the Bob character basically being like he's this is just like the pitch. It'll end up becoming its own movie entirely. But you know, it's nice to just kind of say like what about Bob as a horror movie, right? So we open the movie, and we see that this guy is is this insane. This is like a real – it's going to be funny, but it's going to be like a real like horror movie. You know what I mean? And we see that this dude is just a brutal killer, right? But then mm. the next thing we see is he's – it's like 10 years later, 
He hasn't killed in a long time. He never got caught. Mm. And he's kind of bored. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's trying oh, yeah. to figure out what to do. And so his next this mission. With killers, by the way. Exactly. Oh, I've mm-hmm. studied killers a lot because we talked about mm-hmm. this, but I, I, we almost produced a Ted Bundy movie. Mm-hmm. I've been reading about uh, John Wayne. It was a great Casey. script. Great script. Yeah, you read it. Oh, man. Incredible script. But these guys, they take breaks. Some of them lay dormant for many, many years, you know? Yeah. And this, um, this guy. Yeah, exactly. Tons of them. Um, this guy decides that. Because a lot of these guys, they like to play psychological games. You know what I mean? Like that was one of the things that was so striking about Ted Bunny. He's incredibly mm-hmm. smart. He he takes a lot of pride in kind of manipulating people. And this guy basically realizes like killing random people is too easy. He's bored with it. It's not a thrill anymore. He's got to up the stakes, okay? He's hitting mm-hmm. his midlife serial killer crisis. And what he does is he basically decides to try to get close to and fool and eventually murder a psychiatrist who specializes in people with these types of tendencies, right? Ah, and he's going to basically – Yeah, so he's going to basically create intentionally this game of cat and mouse where he's trying to be discovered but kind of on his own terms. And the psychiatrist is sort of also at a little bit of a, a, a plateau in his career. And so he is basically trying to exploit this to potentially like – be a case study does that make sense mm-hmm. and so he has his own motivations anyway what ends up happening is the guy because ted bundy by all accounts was an incredibly charming guy all of these guys were that's part of the reason they were able to do what they did mm-hmm. this guy ingratiates himself with his with this guy's family he follows him to a lake house it's all the same beats as what about bob potentially uh... but it's like has this ultra dark twist to it and uh, I don't know. I just think that's like that's the premise. I don't know exactly what the plot is, but I think it hmm. could be kind of fun. I like it. It's I interesting. Like it. Uh, the the what about Bob is such a fascinating movie because there there's so many like just because it's so much about mental health. There are references to some like really dark ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, all throughout what about Bob? There's a ton of stuff about suicide, depression nihilism like yep. there's a ton of dark humor in that totally and it could be a movie that go like goes in a totally different direction you know it is yeah. kind of ripe for that so i don't know that's what that's what i'm thinking about i think that could be that seems like john and i partly thought of you because we do this podcast i, I think mm-hmm. you're a great writer but also i thought of you because like we i remember when we both read that ted bundy script I just feel like we both had an interesting kind of connection about it. But yeah, I think it would be a movie that deals with all of those topics. You know, like what is the value of life? Um, what, what, what is, uh, how, how far do we take things in order to sort of succeed? And what's really different about Bob, uh, you know, his name won't be Bob, obviously, but this, this killer's motivations um, versus a, a doctor who's kind of exploiting him, you know, and things like that. Like, I just kind of want to make it a deep, elevated funny scary movie you gotta add some elements too like we've already talked about this of the um the james dobson element you know the guy who is like taking advantage of this horrible criminal for his own purposes you know oh i think there's something there um Oh, John, that, I think there's something there. All right, this this is when we take the conversation offline because that's some good shit. Bleep. The, the thing that occurs to me, though, about like a serial killer movie, right, like mm-hmm. as a thing is 
who it's really hard to follow the killer you know like if did you see the movie zodiac mm-hmm. yeah did you fincher. see we've already talked about seven right? you know sorry did fincher make zodiac too uh, i think so i don't okay. know i think he did somebody famous made it um, i don't know it was pretty good but you know of course it's you don't ever see the killer or right. very very brief glimpses right. of like you know a gloved hand but it's all from the point of See, view those of are people who that are chasing him. Yeah, I was gonna say those right, are chase it's a movies. Those are who done it movies. Yeah, totally. This is not as this is a this is a psychological game movie. You know? So is it the kind of thing where the the audience is immediately in on the fact? Are you in on? Oh the yeah, it's immediate? all about the dramatic irony. The very yeah. first thing we see, because I've had this idea, like, can you instantly transition from? Uh, a truly funny movie into a truly dark, scary movie. Mm-hmm. Because I've always mm-hmm. thought that it would be cool to try to capture both. And so the way I see this movie starting is just with this, like, we start with sort of a pre-credit sequence where we see what this guy is capable of. And we see that he's being sought after and that he's outsmarting everybody. Mm-hmm. And then the very next thing we see is him, but he's a completely different person. Not because he has multiple personality, but because he's a master manipulator, right? Right. Yeah. And I mean, no one knows Ted, who he is. The he's Ted just Bundy living his life. That charmed his lawyer into a woman, into Precisely. wanting to marry him. While she is defending against very obvious evidence that he, after he murdered women, he took them into the woods and had sex with their. But she defended him in court against these, like, she knew that that stuff was true, and he was so charming. Yep, that she fell exactly. in love with him like that. He's he's too. He was a two complicated he's the guy, guy in the woods and the guy. He was in a the complicated guy. And, and really... one of the things that I love about that yeah. movie is it's also about the FBI agent who sort of first understands Ted Bundy and becomes his friend, and he begins to realize the darkness that is in himself. You know, and it's a very scary moment mm, for himself. Mm. And I think we can all relate to that. Anyway, so the idea is it's all based on dramatic irony. We know from day one that this dude is a psycho killer and that he's messing with the doctor, but the doctor, the doctor, his family, you know, it's this whole thing where you're like, it's more like a monster in the house and you know that they need to get out. But like for various different reasons, they don't, it's, it's more that kind of situation. Is it the kind of thing where the psychiatrist know, let's say it's a psychiatrist. They know from the beginning that the guy has is this uh, undiscovered no. serial killer? They suspect strongly. They have no clue. I we got that's what we got to figure out together. Yeah, I mean the the like traditional model for this is that she doesn't have a right. clue. Then she grows suspicious, and you see her start to unravel it. She unravels it. They have some big confrontation. He nearly kills her. She somehow prevails. Right. The see, end. I think we can turn that on its head a bit, make it more interesting. You know. Or the other the twist version of this is that you're we're leading the audience to believe that this guy is a serial killer and this woman is trying to discover it when in reality the uh, psychiatrist is going around and killing her patients mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. you know yeah there's a, there's a the lot twist. of uh, there's a lot of options we're gonna get into them but I'm, I'm I'm glad to have this conversation John the um so so we'll talk about it um we'll we'll, okay. we'll have we'll keep people updated uh the the one thing John that I um that worries me a little bit about this. I'm just trying to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. There yeah. is another part of me that 
as soon as I said this, I thought, am I doing this because I'm scared to make rollers? Oh, yeah, 100%. And I'm curious what you think of that. Is, was that one of your first thoughts? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I'm trying to self-sabotage? Mm, no, well, no. I think it's um, – that, that was not my first thought. My first thought was you like good stuff. Like you really mm. like stuff, you know? Like a lot of people, they would go see Halloween and they would say like, damn, good movie mm-hmm. and that's the end of it. But you saw it and you were like, I want to do something that makes me feel – Like I want to thrill people. Yeah, I want to make people feel the way that I felt when Precisely. I left Halloween. And you're in a position to do that so you can like – you can think about it and you could be like, maybe my next one would be this. So it's not exactly all – it's not I – I didn't think it was like all self-sabotage. But I think there's another part of you that's like – um. W- always wanting to like start the next thing because that's the exciting part that is the exciting part like dreaming about it and projecting it and not having to like make annoying phone calls and all that's all the bullshit that you're having to do right now that's not fun like getting nose in the mail from the actor all that shit's not fun fun. the dreaming the projecting is and i think what i need you to do is 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 hold me to that because like Sure, but I also really want to see High Spirits become I know, a movie. Kind of a good movie, right? Well, and that's part of the trick about this. Fr- Wait, did I say it right? High, it's spirits, a high spirited. High spirited. High spirited. It, that's high part of the problem. Is like, I think the best thing I can do for my career is to start thinking ahead. But I, I don't sure. have a career if I don't make rollers well. Right. And I gotta, gotta do, do what's both. in front of you. And I gotta figure out how to do both because. I would love to be in production on another movie before Rollers even goes out into theaters because I think that, you know what I mean? Yeah, go ahead. But let me pause you before you say anything else. Be And be totally honest. If if this were, if somebody did an audit of your movie Rollers, like the Mm -hmm. process. Yeah, right? Like, and I don't mean like a bank or anything. No, but so like, let's say, let's say I fly out Mm -hmm. to California right now. And I like look around at what mm-hmm. you've been doing, you know, like I talk to the music guy, I talk to the the people that are helping you. Would it be obvious that shit was like being taken care of and all the ducks are in a row that need to be like, I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's done. I'm not saying that you're doing, you're not at a farther stage than you are, but do I show up and it's like pretty apparent that this is falling apart or not, there, things are not right. being you, taken do, care of. Do you of show up and you realize, be. like, I haven't bathed in three weeks and there's just papers piling <laughs> no, up? Not on that, my well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's what I'm worried about, <laughs> John. That's what yourself, I'm worried I'm about. Make a movie. I'm going to make a movie. No, 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 no. Here's the thing, John. I'm well, a, no. I'm a, okay. So yeah. That's what I'm asking. No, you. I'm a doer. Is the shit getting done? Yeah, it is. It is. It's getting done. Okay. Um, is it getting done as efficiently as it could? I'm, I don't think so. Are you sitting around dreaming about making Hollywood, I mean, uh, Halloween 5, or are you doing what you need to do and then dreaming Uh, about it? I think I'm doing both. There are certain things that I'm not doing, and I need to just man up and do them, you know? Um, Like what? Give us an example. I need to do another quick pass on the script. It's probably going to take about a day. I've gotten some really good notes that I would like to incorporate. I need to do that. Um... I haven't done it, you know, uh, but, but, but I all, I'm also getting stuff done like this week, John, this is a big update. The other yeah. day I signed a contract 
and put down a deposit on the venue that I'm going to shoot at. Big deal. Oh, Huge okay, so, deal. Pause, though. That is very good, and it is a sign to me that you're not self-sabotaging and that no, you're not No, I think like, it's less that I'm actually self-sabotaging and more that I'm – I'm not a procrastinator, but I do mm-hmm. think I am procrastinating a little bit. And here's the real cha- – I think – here, John, here's the thing. I think the chances I, – I think I've already – subconsciously tried to destroy rollers and I survived, you know, like I think episodes 18, 19, 20 sort of chronicled that process of like, I think I was asking a good question. I'm I'm glad I went through that process. I don't regret it, but I do think there was definitely part of my subconscious that was trying to kill rollers, you know? Um, I think Tara recognized that. I think you recognize that. I think a lot of people, were encouraging, but also had some, some questions like, are you trying to destroy this before you can fail? You know, I think that's really what it comes up, comes down to. Um, and I, I think that subconsciously that's perhaps what I was doing. I think consciously I really was asking good questions. Now I think I've survived that. I think I'm going to make rollers, you know, like I don't think I'm going to blow it and just blow it up. I do think that there's a chance that I could make it at a level with that that is that is below where it should be you know that i don't that i'm not as Just prepared like, as i need to be to fully exercise the secret you need to not say like i am you need to just say i am making yeah no you're right i am making rollers and i'm not concerned about not making it i'm just concerned about will i be focused and here's the thing we're still right. a ways out you know like there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that I'm when way you shoot, ahead on. Supposedly, we might actually start shooting February? in late January now. Um, January. It's coming up, but at the same time, here's what I'm not doing as much as I could, John. But then at the same time, I don't know if I can totally do it. It's like, like it's just yeah, like annoying phone calls. Like I gotta, I gotta fill out this freaking. In- I gotta build a company of like 35 people. You know, I gotta, and, and my producer is really helpful with all that stuff. Obviously, she, that, you know, she's she's great. But like, yeah, man, I gotta I gotta find like the makeup person's assistant, and you know, yeah. I I mean, kind of, they probably will end up finding their own. But like, I gotta find deals on gear. I gotta figure out where we're gonna park cars. I gotta figure out who's gonna provide food twice a day for an entire month. I gotta. Some dad is still is like paying student loans off for Juilliard yeah. for his kid is a makeup uh makeup artist hey assistant. makeup artists can make some banging money it's not about money oh, or oh not yeah money, no but... yeah you don't go to juilliard to do makeup but dude some of it's an art speaking of horror movies you know there's real art in it um you know i keep shit shitting on everybody no, i apologize okay. it's okay we need that that's there. the con you know it's what? the it's, it's the it's the you're you're voicing opinions that i think everyone has everyone thinks that's the thing, man. That's part of what's cool about this podcast. I think everyone, myself included, before I started making movies, I was like, how hard could it be? And now I'm like, oh, yeah, this is hard. I mean, I've done it before, but like. I can put on Ooh, it's hard, though. That's what Because, dude, I got it. So sure the, it the things I'm not doing are partly things that I'm just, they don't make sense to do three and a half months in advance. You know what I mean? So that's part mm-hmm. of why I do have some time. But, you know, yeah, I think I'm, I, you know, I stayed up till midnight last night writing a song for the movie. You know, so I think. Um, I'm making some stuff happen, but yeah, I, I am procrastinating a little bit because you're right. Mm-hmm. It is way more fun to think about a movie that does not exist than to think about the phone calls I need to make for the movie that does. Right. And I got to balance it. You know, I got to balance it. Cause in some ways 
thinking about a new movie invigorates me to make rollers even more. And in other ways, I'm like, I should just make that one. That one sounds easier. Of course it sounds easier. <sighs> of course. It's not going to be. It's not going to yeah. be easier. It's going to be just as hard. Harder probably, you know. But trust me, that, that feeling is there. If you have you ever taken like a psychological test, you know, like a, even a, like a survey type one online. Yeah, I've done a number of you them, know, actually. like a personality yeah. test. I've done a lot of them. Yeah, and you ever read those, <clears throat> and they have questions that are like incredibly specific, mm. but they resonate yep. with you totally. Like, Some of them, are I freaky, saw one. Man. They're predictive you know. almost. Freaky, yeah. I almost said what mine was, but. It would it would like really give away some Ooh, of my personality. Like your Myers Briggs type. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a. I was gonna make up some atrocious thing. I don't know what what those are. Is that the letter one, like INTJ mm-hmm. and yeah. all that? I'm I'm kind of an ENFP, but I'm also kind of an ENFJ. I don't know. I, I think Myers Briggs is limited. I'm a big Enneagram fan. Have you ever studied the Enneagram at all, John? We'll do an episode about so. it sometime. Not even sure Enneagram is really cool. Um, it's, it's ancient. It's old. Yeah, my thing it's with old, the old, INTJ. Old, old. No one even knows exactly when it started. It's very old. And it's, there's only nine types, the... but there's subtypes. It's, hmm. it's really phenomenal. It's. What are the types? Give me okay, one so of the types. Okay, so I'm a type three, which is kind of like. I knew it. <laughs> well, you know, we're running out of time. We should just do a whole thing on Enneagram at some point. Um, it, but yeah. the, the big difference is you kind of type yourself. Like you, you learn. Uh, it takes a lot of self-awareness. It takes study. You kind of have to like – you can take tests and they give you suggestions. But the, it's much more malleable. It's kind of like when you're healthy, you gravitate towards a three. But like when you're not healthy, you're kind of an unhealthy six or something like that. And it really helps you sort of figure out like how to sort of curb certain – you know, or, or how to lean into certain things. And it's it's really great. But um, I will tell you that if I – Okay, this doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes in I know I keep harping about this basement, but sometimes down here, if the feeling that I get being down here, which is extremely mm-hmm. frightened, uh, if I could convey that to an audience, um, we'd have a hit. I think you're right, John. I'm frequently so creeped out down here that I have to leave. I feel the same way. I don't know how some people can just do that. Like some people are just like, there's nothing down here. And I'm like, yeah, there might be. There could be. <laughs> yeah. The, I, crazier the, things have happened. Really... Dude, I thought about this when I was watching Halloween. This is kind of my closing thought. Yeah. Hit me. So the premise of Halloween is, you know, Michael Myers, great villain, I think. Yep. Because that mask is freaking terrifying. And also, funny story about the Michael Myers mask. Apparently, when John Carpenter originally designed that mask, it's literally a William Shatner mask that's been like messed up. No, uh-huh. Yeah. We'll link to a side by side. William Shatner Star from Trek. Star yes. Trek. And it's like a big classic kind of horror story. Like story within horror culture is what I mean. Not horror story. Right. Um, okay. Anyway, but great villain. Just stone cold. He's like a shark, you know. He's just no emotion. He's just a stone mm-hmm. cold killer, and great villain. But anyway, yeah. um, in the the premise of this new movie is that Michael Myers is being transferred to a new hospital where he, he's never going to leave again. He's going to die at this place, right? Sure. He over he he somehow the bus that he's being transferred on crashes and he gets away, right? But here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing, John. 
I'm I, yeah. I had exactly the same reaction you had, which was yeah, right, yeah, right. But yeah. here's the thing: convenient. John, he's not like in the world of this movie. He's not Hitler. He killed like six people. Lots of sure. people have killed six people, which means how high yeah. could the security even be for this guy? Because sure. like you can't have a hundred bodyguards for every single guy who's killed six people. We've talked about him a million times, but Ted Bundy escaped from jail at least exactly. twice. And it sounds insane in, fact, in a movie, caught. but then you yeah. realize it happens all the time. Ted Bundy got out of prison multiple times. I went to a funeral in Florida, and I met the guy who caught Ted Bundy for the last and I final time. I know who this guy is. For Crazy. Escape. Yeah, he escaped. Ted escaped from prison, and this cop happened to pull him over, like, in and around. I guess, I don't know if it was in the Everglades, but it was kind of around there. And uh, he pulls Ted over in his in a Volkswagen that he had stolen, and he looks in the car, and there's, like, rope and a tire Whoa. iron and duct tape. And uh, he's about to look up and confront Ted, and Ted bopped him on the head, knocked Holy him out, smokes. and sped away. And the cop got up and got in his car and chased him down and wow. arrested him. And then he went to the uh, the electric chair. Gas. Or the gas no, chamber. No, lethal injection. I don't remember. No, it was electric. It was electric. Wow. That's crazy. Anyway, nuts. That's, I mean, dude, there's really, in some ways, Ted Bundy is more of a terrifying villain than Michael Myers in the sense of body oh, sure. Which oh, is yeah. crazy. Life dude, is real, stranger than fiction, man. Real if if you don't believe what they said is true, just look up the in California the Night Stalker. Oof, it's horrifying. Yeah, dude, these people Absolutely exist. Horrifying. And anyway, my point is, I think it's easy. I'm such a cynic when I watch movies. I'm like, that's not real. That would never happen. And I'm like, well, how many security guys can you actually have for some random sure. guy who's a serial killer? Not infinite. You know, these guys do get away. It's kind of scary. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, on that delightfully light note. I'm so nervous. Get out of that basement, John. Oh, wait. You're chained to the table. You got three minutes now, John. I paused the timer so we could finish the episode, but now you're really screwed. I'm sorry. You know the guy from those Saw movies was uh, Wesley from The Princess Bride. Oh, that's what he did. He's in every single – he's like in all of the Saw movies as a recurring character. No, he's not. He's the guy in the first one uh, who gets cha- described exactly what you said. He, he's like chained to the, in that room and he has to like saw his leg off or whatever. I, um, by the fifth movie, he's just like sawing off the other part of his arm, like his upper arm. He's sawing yeah. it off at the shoulder now. They're like, we hit it in your nub. Um, I, yeah. uh, a guy I, I know have, actually I made, speaking of saw, like, a guy I know made, because uh, Jigsaw is kind of like the puppet villain guy. Um, mm. A guy I know made uh, Jigsaw at the office. It's so funny. I'm gonna send it to you. It's oh man. What do you like, mean? Like if oh, Jigsaw like was office, no, if show? Jigsaw was at an office, like we're, it's called working with Jigsaw, uh, and he's just constantly yeah. doing these like low stakes, super annoying pranks. It's really uh-huh. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, John, it's been real. Um. I'm gonna. It's I'm been gonna, real. I'm maybe going to go work on some roller stuff. 
I, it's also should, huh? yeah, it's um, it's it's also gonna be a lot more fun to sit here and try to break the outline for the Stoner Ghost movie. But I, I think I might try to do a pass on Roller Script. We'll see. Yeah, you should. But um, I, I googled it. Beelzebub. This has, I don't think, this happens very, very infrequently. I got exactly one result back. Whoa, so there's a there's space in the market for Beelzebub. Yeah, and it's because the guys published something with it with Beelzebub wow. spelled wrong. Oh, so we are alone in the world. I love that. John, that's rare. Yeah, yeah, utterly, utterly. That's a rare Beelzebub, baby. Like I said, though. I'm going to take that to the bank. Yeah. And uh, we better get to the bank quick because I have a feeling someone listening to this is going to jack it because mm. it's that good. All right, Uncle Zay. We'll right, talk bye, soon. Bye, Yep, see you. Bye. Well, you heard it here first. High Spirits, your boy Stoner Ghost coming to a theater near you. Written by John Schimpf and Isaiah Smallman. Today's show was produced by John Schimpf and Isaiah Smallman. Intro music is The Get Down by Summer Dregs. Outro music is The Man From Nowhere by Tom Paulus and Max Bells. That sounds like a good title for a horror movie. Cover arts by Nate Giordano. This has been a production of Mama Bear Studios. I'm a man from nowhere Feeling the heat of the desert air It's your boy!